Welcome to Who's That Girl, a New Girl podcast, where Kelly and I give you our take on each episode of New Girl. Before we dive into episode 5, we wanted to correct something that one of our listeners, Natalie, caught in episode 4. When we mentioned the writer of the episode, J.J. Philbin, we incorrectly referred to her as he instead of she. The next episode she wrote is season 1, episode 15, and we'll share a little more about her then. Thanks again, Natalie, for emailing us, and as always, we love all listener feedback, so please reach out. And now, on to episode 5. Welcome to Who's That Girl? A New Girl Podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Kritika. And today we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 5, Cece Crashes. So this episode came out on November 8th, 2011, and was written by Rachel Axler and directed by John Hamburg. This was actually both of their only time writing or directing, respectively, a show for New Girl. But Rachel, as a writer, wrote for a couple other comedies like Parks and Rec and Himium for a couple different episodes, and that's... How I Met Your Mother. I'm so used to saying the acronym. Um, but she's also written for Dickinson, which is the show on Apple Plus or Apple TV. Um, and she's writing on nine episodes of A Killer Party, a murder mystery musical, which is currently airing. And John Hamburg, as a director, is the executive producer on The Unicorn. So he's done that for 18 episodes and actually directed four of those on CBS. Um, another comedy he did a, an episode of was The Grinder, but he was also um, on Little Fockers. So been a little bit varied of taste there as far as his directing goes. But really getting into the episode, Cece breaks up with the DJ that she's been seeing and ends up crashing with Jess for a few days because she doesn't want to go home and see this guy that's staying with her currently. She points out while she's there that she thinks Nick likes Jess, mainly because of the way he says her name and that his feet are pointing at her when they're talking. And Jess kind of test this out and when she realizes that this is true she freaks out also in the episode winston and schmidt both are really interested in cc and she just runs them in circles to get her approval before she does end up apologizing at the end and at the very end of the episode she ends up holding hands with schmidt but before we get into all of that i know i keep harping on the theme song but i just want to say very quickly that this is the same theme song as the first episode so it's Nothing is consistent. I don't know what to look for, Kelly. Yeah, five ep- five theme songs in five episodes, which it's all the same Who's That Girl idea, but it's also not the same. I, we, we're looking for a little more consistency. If, if if this was real live in 2011 with Fox, we would say, hey, Fox, get it together. Pick a, pick a version. Or maybe we wouldn't even notice it because we wouldn't be analyzing it this much. But either way, that's all I'm going to say. We don't have to harp on it. But again, I'll be watching this theme song and intro for all the episodes to come. But this episode had a lot of plot in it. So I think we'll just dive in. Let's start with maybe like the Jess and Cece relationships. Yes, Jess and Cece because, I mean, kind of so far, Cece in the show has not always been in every episode yet like she's there sometimes and we get a little taste of her but really in this episode we're getting a lot of good information about Jess about Cece their friendship together and like what their dynamic is so the beginning of the episode Jess is going in her pajamas by the way (laughs) to go help Cece which I didn't even I didn't even notice that she was in her pajamas until I saw this in our notes yeah 
<laughs> I couldn't, I mean, I just was laughing. At first, like, in the dark club, you were maybe hard to tell, but then when they leave is when I was like, oh, Jess, you're in, you're in pajamas. You're not even in, like, jeans and a t-shirt. You're, you're looking like you want to go to sleep right now, and your friend called you, so you left to go get her, which is a very, very nice thing to do, but in your pajamas. So I, I, at least though, while she's in the club, while Jess is in the club, I was a little confused. She had this moment where she's like trying to get through everyone to get to CC, but she's like, the traffic patterns are complicated. And I'm just like, what are you saying, Jess? Like, I don't know. Did you understand that, Kritika? Yeah. So, okay. It's a really weird way to phrase things, but it's Jess. So that seems typical, but she's talking about like when you're trying to get through in the middle of a crowded space where you can't like walk in a straight line or go like angled in a specific direction, you kind of take like five steps to the right around one person. And then you go like 20 steps to the left because there's no straight line. Cause everyone's just like all over the place. And I mean, I'm short, so, like, when I go into crowded places, I just kind of, like, push my way through and wiggle through little um, spaces that people have, and I feel like Jess was doing the same thing, but she was very much expecting something different for some reason. Yeah, she seemed a little frustrated at all of the people in the club, and I'm like, Jess, you're at a club. That's that's where people go, and they, they don't stand in organized areas. So she made it through, though. Um, she got to she got to Cece, and, you know, Cece's like, Jess, he cheated on me. I saw her, like, to her, the boyfriend or whatever, the DJ, and she's like, I saw him kissing someone, and Jess's reaction, it just, it just, it was perfect, because she's just like, you get away from here, and you're just like, yes, that will tell him. And it's his DJ set, so he's like, no, this is my place. Like, who even are you? And Cece's like, that's my best friend. And it was so sweet. Like, she doesn't, like, have any air of, like, pretentiousness or, like, you know, this is definitely Cece's scene from what it looks like. And it's obviously not Jess's scene, but it's it's just, like, first she needed Jess's help to stand up to this DJ boyfriend kind of boyfriend thing that she has going on but then like when he insults Jess it's like no I will be the fierce mama bear like I will protect Jess like don't say that to my best friend and it was actually a very cute moment I was here for it it was it was cute I was here for it as well I I do think though that Jess almost tried to steal the scene a few times because you know Cece rips the guy's shirt like in in defiance and stuff but then but he goes like that was my favorite deep v and just as they're walking away is just like it's just a deeper v <laughs> like I don't know I thought that was too clever so I, I agree it was Cece's scene but just just had her moments to try to, to try to steal it I think it's hilarious too that the DJ like just calls him like DJ diabetes because he has diabetes like that's comedy humor like gold we keep talking about comedy gold I I think that they were trying to imply that that was his actual DJ name like his name was Gavin right so like she was calling him Gavin and Gavin was staying with Cece and all this stuff but then later like it was DJ diabetes like that's actually his DJ name is what you're telling me I think so that's what I that's what I took from it, and that's what and Cece was like, you know, because he has diabetes, and then even Jess like had some kind of comeback that was like, oh, I hope that he you know gets sick from it, and then was like, oh no, I feel horrible about that. I don't hope that. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. It was supposed to be like a real thing, or like he's on. And then Cece was like, yeah, he's on medication. Like it's a real issue. It's manageable. It's fine. Like interesting. I thought that was just like Jess being funny, but I guess that's just the writers maybe being funny with. Well, them. I mean. If, if Jess was being funny, if it was supposed to be a joke, Cece went along with it and played into it and was like so serious. That's why I felt like, no, his DJ name was DJ Diabetes. That's amazing. 
But okay. What time of night did the show start off? Because Cece is already kind of drunk. The club is full of people. So you're like, okay, it has to be at least 10 p.m. Because you can't, like, people do not go out before 10. But then when they get home, Nick is on the couch after working what he said was a triple shift. Schmidt is just getting party plans for the night. And Winston's eating pizza. So, like, eating dinner. And I'm like, these timelines do not match. And Jess is in pajamas. Which, like, I guess I'm not hating. There's definitely been nights at 7 o'clock I get into my pajamas. But it was an undetermined time. I'm with you. I was not clear. I think it was probably, like, later. Because we also hear that Schmidt worked, like, 80 hours that week. So, obviously, he's going to get off later than 5 p.m. or something like that. So, Maybe it was like 10.30 and the club was just getting full or something like that. I'm not sure, but it really threw me off the first time I watched it through for this podcast. I mean, for Winston eating pizza, he I mean, he recently got back from Latvia. Isn't, I mean, that's Eastern Europe, but they eat dinner later sometimes, so. That's true. That is true. You, like, when I studied abroad in Spain, they, like, started dinner at, like, 10 p.m. Right? So maybe he just... It was Friday. He was going back to his Latvian ways. Not sure, but I'm with you. It seemed weird. It was a we- like it was a weird timeline. I think it's another mo- like I talked about this in the first episode too, where I was like, "Did you all wake up at six a.m. and decide to like have a moment together before work?" Like this is kind of the same thing. It's like here we are after work at the apartment with all the people. Like how did how do all their timelines overlap? But anyway, I think it's funny too. So like, Jess takes Cece back to her place. And Jess, she brings them in. Winston, I mean, we're going to talk about Winston, but I couldn't even believe Winston's covered in napkins. What? And, you know, Jess felt the need to explain to all the guys that, you know, like, hey, you know, Cece's loose and she's grabby when she's drunk. Like, please be nice, okay? And they're all like, oh, yes, no problem. We'll be nice. Which, if you look at Schmidt's face when Jess says that, it is priceless it's just like so many emotions pass over his face during that time you're just like wow he's so into this like he really wants to be with her and like in the same scene like in that same dancing scene and etc like you see later schmidt like does parkour and is just like jumping everywhere and nick and winston are just like yeah at least he'll tire himself out it tires him out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Schmidt. Schmidt, in that whole moment, like he's dancing. I like how he, I like how though he tries to go dance over next to Jess and include Jess in the moment. And she's like holding all these pillows and then still in her pajamas, by the way, of course. Like she's holding her, her pillows in her pajamas and she's, she's just like, Schmidt, I'm not part of this. I'm not, I'm not doing this. And he just like goes away without a, like out a hitch, out a moment. Like he just, his face too is like in the dancing and he just turns and like walks away. I just, or dances away, I should say. But I thought that was, that was pretty clever too. Yeah. He doesn't even like, it doesn't phase him. And so that actually happens when Cece is like going to pull Nick to dance and he's like, wait, but you want to dance with him? And basically Cece's all about like ripping open people's shirts these days and so he like she starts to rip open Nick's shirt and he's just like oh no that's not a good idea you have to like hair or have to love hair and it and well it's a lot it's like I mean they had like the button sound effect too so the buttons were being ripped off as well and you're just like Cece now you're ruining some guy's shirt like times it two twice in one night you know you're just like what are you doing so um I don't know. I thought it wasn't like, did you notice the TV too, by the way? Like, I don't know. If I, I know. I was very angry. 
I was really angry about the TV because it was not slanted. There was no tape on it. Like, they broke the TV. That was a big part of a full episode about this TV being broken. And now it's sitting upright. Everybody can use it. Like, I mean, they're not watching TV in this episode, but they do have it in the background of that dancing scene. And I was so mad because you got to keep the plot consistent. Right. I mean, that was a whole storyline, a whole storyline about getting the TV back, going to get Spencer, like your stuff back from Spencer, dropping the TV to make a point. And like they said, it kind of works, you know. Okay, we can't talk about this anymore. I'm going to just get too mad. So instead, just going into this bathroom, which we've already talked about in the podcast so far, being such a central part of this apartment, central part of these, the show. But Cece goes to shower the next morning um, after she slept on Schmidt's bed. And I guess he slept on the couch because... Sure. Um, And she is showering and all of the guys, mainly Winston, is like pretending to brush his teeth. Schmidt's just staring at these towels on and like, no, he was organizing his all of his like bathroom soaps and things. I'm like, I'm I don't have I don't even know what they were like. They were just like sprays and like body soap let's say like shampoo conditioner hair gel let's say there's a lot but like he wasn't really organizing he was just like touching them and like moving them an inch to the well, side he was pretending to organize right. pretending to organize and then nick walks in he's just like why is everyone in here and then cc pokes her head out and he's like well i get it i get why everyone's in here and she she's looking for soap and all she can find did she say body gelato body gelato schmidt and and everyone was like oh that's schmidt and schmidt was actually kind of protective he goes oh oh you can use some but you can't you can't use all of it like he was like really upset by it and you're just like oh schmidt did you know that when you type body gelato into like google search bar the first thing that like is a suggested search is body gelato schmidt oh well see that makes sense well basically nobody has soap in this apartment which means i don't know do they just like keep their soap with them in their rooms and do like a college situation where you have like a shower caddy you bring in because also why couldn't she ask jess but anyway she's just like i'm not gonna use it so i guess she's just gonna not use soap today and so whatever she comes out in this small towel because that's all she can find yeah and i felt like that towel for me was like is Cece trying to be like, oh no, all I could find with this was this small towel. I mean, if I'm in someone's home that is not mine, right? Like I'm in, I'm a guest in someone's home. I need to take a shower. Okay. It's a communal shower where anybody can walk in at any moment. Not, I guess, communal shower, communal bathroom. And if that were to happen, I would definitely want to know what type of towels in the house existed and which ones I could use. And if none were really clean, I would almost be like, hey, Jess, best friend of mine, can I use your regular sized bath towel when I go take a shower because I'm sharing the space with all these guys and people I don't know very well? Like, I don't know. I think it's different. Like, I mean, you have to remember Cece is a model. So maybe there are things that she's more comfortable with than others aren't. And like, I kind of felt like, I mean, it was a I small- I don't know that model life. I mean, neither do I. Good call, <laughs> Neither do I. But I mean, I also think that the, the towel was smaller than your regular bath towel. But like, when you buy like a giant towel set, you actually have towels that are that size too. So I I don't know what they would be used for because they're too big to be like um, like the towels that you use around the sink or whatever. There's two too big to be like face or hand towels and they're too small to be real towels so I don't know what they're made for but I can tell you that I have like full towel sets with towels of each kind and I have towels of that size okay Jess and Cece 
I think this is the first time we get more of a sense of like when they became friends. Like obviously they've been friends since like middle school, maybe elementary school. Which like, I don't know. I feel like so far in these episodes, I'm really, I was really not sure where, like how they really were friends, how close of friends they were, what their history was, you know, like why, like, oh, we've established they're their best friends, but how and why so now we're seeing this whole like flashback to like middle school it seemed like right like you were saying like flashback to middle school and you're just like wait a minute they were friends in middle school what how how did they both end up in LA doing what they're doing modeling and teaching and like I guess that would just be teaching but it just it was a little confusing for me because I wasn't really sure how this still came together also though with that moment it's like oh is this gonna be like classic eduardo where like you know eduardo apparently is trying to tell jess that he likes her and jess is like oh but this is for Cece. like jess for all these years of their friendship has been like oh no one actually could care about me if they know Cece. everyone must like Cece. i'm just like I don't know. It it was kind of, it's kind of, a, it's still a weird friendship to, like situation for me. I'm not sure that I'm, that's not how I would handle my friendships. I guess I would say. Okay. So you touched on a couple things there. Their friendship as a whole, I don't see a problem with it. I think like a lot of different people can be friends. Some people are the kind that are just friends with people exactly like them. And that's like the kind of friendships they have. So it's always like an equal give and take in a friendship. And then there are friendships that are, like, you just are completely different. There makes no, like, on paper sense why you're friends, but it just works for that relationship. And I feel like that's what Cece and Jess are, because in the grand scheme of it, like, I get it. Like, they have, they're definitely best friends in the fact that, like, the way Cece handled Spencer and Jess's breakup and the second episode where she said it was her job to tell Jess to go talk to Spencer and um, in the first episode being in the car and and in the last episode we talked about like where she goes to Cece for advice although we did call out we felt it was a bit late that she was going to Cece but you know I, I get it um and as, as to the whole classic Eduardo or like people not being addressed uh, interested in Jess or her not thinking people are interested in her more specifically I think that's probably going to be a running theme. Um, I feel like that's a trope TV likes to do where there's two pretty women and one is slightly more conventionally attractive in the, oh, I'm a model sense, but really there's no difference because they're both. (laughs) Yes. Um, And they're both, um, they're both truly beautiful women. And it's so, such a trope, right? Like, oh, no one's going to be interested in me. I think I've seen it on a couple other um, shows myself where the main character is like, oh, they're they're just trying to get this person's attention. So I hope New Girl doesn't harp on it too much, but I can definitely see it being a trope in this show too. Yeah, but like at the same time, I thought, I mean, they still had this, I don't know, I'm with you. I, I hear a lot of what you're saying. I hear of like, it can be a friendship where like, you know, you're just totally different on paper, but you know, they, it, I mean, they have been friends since middle school per this flashback and- they maybe are there to support each other through everything. And, you know, they seem to still be, like I said, living in LA together, you know, close by. And therefore, their friendship is strong, you know, like, so despite how they actually come together and rely on each other for different things, and when they rely on each other for different things, I mean, it's not like CC is going anywhere per our 
feelings and whatnot you know it's yeah I mean I think like in the first season she's on the like um promo materials yeah exactly so I don't I agree like I don't think Cece's going anywhere either um I thought another thing about their friendship is like it's not catty so I think I talked I spoke a little earlier about how friendships are give and take and it's not always equal but I feel like with with Cece and Jess it's just different so like Jess is like always going to be giving more from the mother aspect but she it's not like you know Cece's taking her for granted because she is like helping her with these situations which we're going to talk in depth about the whole Nick and Jess of this but you know just like pointing those things out being there for her as a friend willing to take those steps for her whether it's warranted or not which really gets into them fighting about whether she's going to go she being Cece is going to go talk to Nick for Jess and um it came up with this comedy yeah it, the comedy my face is my job my face is my job I die it was it was adorable and it was and it was cute because they were like mad and she's like stopping her and she's like no I'm gonna go and like here they are having this whole moment the guys are nowhere to be found right so they're not even seeing it but they're having this whole moment and she um like then finally Jess is like your, my earring is in your hair and they're like okay okay you know and then they make it to the ground and they're like okay back to fighting you know and it was just really cute wasn't she wearing studs like how did her earring get stuck in her hair I I looked you know, the whole episode you know I heard that and I kind of was like I didn't see any earrings at all I saw your hair and I also don't know what earrings would have gotten caught in the hair that was in a ponytail so or was it in a braid but like that's maybe doable okay so I wear a lot of long earrings and they can get stuck in things very easily but studs I've never had an issue with anything like even like um when you're like pulling on a shirt for instance if there's a stray thread that gets stuck and then you just ruin the whole shirt not speaking from personal experience or anything but uh, <laughs> it definitely like with longer earrings or like hoop earrings or dangly earrings those happen but not studs and much like my friendship with kelly their friendship is not catty by any means so it was so cute to just watch them resolve this fight as quickly as it broke out yeah. Although I will say, Kritika, one thing in the show that was really, really cute where Jess is explaining to Nick, she's like, yeah, sometimes Cece calls me and it's just like, bitch, I love you and hangs up and no explanation. And while I feel similarly about you, maybe without the bitch part, I don't I don't know that I've ever called you to do that. But we talk on the phone a lot and I've never but all of <laughs> we would be a record if we had like a one second conversation. Yeah, we've never done it. I think our shortest conversation ever is probably like 15 minutes because we talk for hours at a time like today we're talking to like bring you this podcast and we've already spoken for two hours today so you know no other information doesn't really apply to us but I think it's very cute too it's cute too I mean I think there that's that's how we like you're saying like it's not my kind of friendship not like I talk on the phone with all my friends at the same length but it's also like they can do things like that where they can be like, hey, I love you. Hang up the phone just as like a reminder. And then, you know, they'll see each other again later. Or she'll come and say, hey, come and get me in your pajamas. I'm at the club and my boyfriend just made out with another girl. Come help, you know? And there she is. Jess shows up. So it's really cute. It's really fun. And Stacey's there for Jess too, right? We talked about how she thinks Nick is into Jess. And the two things that make her think that Nick cares about Jess is that the way he says her name and the fact that his feet point at her. Yes. And I loved, I loved 
that Jess tried to be like, well, no, he said, like, he's from Chicago. That's how people say Jess, like bears and milk. And let's go see the Sears Tower, which is kind of Canadian. Kind of Canadian, kind of not the best accent. Also, though, the like Chicago OA sound. I can, I mean, but then again, she's trying to say that he says things like a Chicagoan, and he definitely doesn't because this whole episode, he hasn't said anything Chicagoan. Yeah. Is that how I would say that? In a Chicagoan accent? In a Chicago accent? Chicago? In a Chicago accent. A Chicago accent. Chicago. Who knows? Maybe it, um, he's lived in LA so long now that it's gone and only where, it only comes out when he says Jess, apparently. Jazz. <laughs> Is that the Chicago A version of Jess? <laughs> so the other thing that Cece thinks, as Kritika said, the other thing Cece thinks is the reason that Nick likes Jess is because a guy's feet point always points out what they want. So I have a personal story with this. When I was in fourth or fifth grade, I read in a magazine. It was it was like really cheesy, probably like Seventeen, right? Like Seventeen magazine, really cheesy moment of like here's what happens right and it actually describes this exact thing which I'm like did Cece read this magazine with me did Elizabeth Merriweather read this magazine with me because I I read this as a fourth as a fourth grader which I'm like way too young at the point to really understand like relationships or dating or liking someone but basically from that moment like I the article basically said you know not always a guy's feet to point at what they want but similarly like a guy's feet points at who they like right? So that's how I read it. And so like, I remember going to school and like any, any like boy kid that I talked with, I was like, where are their feet pointing? So very much like Jess in the, in the drugstore, I was just like, where, where did they, where do they point? What does he like me? Does he like her? Does he like, who does he like? You know, I'm trying to see where the feet were pointing. And I really just like got a little over over involved with how that can play out in the real world because I just believe that to be completely true I've heard this before I don't know that I have ever stared at people's feet like you did in middle school um but I definitely have heard this phrase too um but haven't heard it in a while but we you were speaking about the drugstore incident so let's just go right into it like we had Jess trying to figure out if Cece was right and just walking in circles around Nick to see if he would move with her and he does and she starts freaking out it was it was pretty cute and she's like everything is exactly in its place and he's like what are you talking about poor Nick is just always confused all these people around him doing these weird things trying to understand their relationships with him and he is just like I live with a bunch of crazy people (laughs) what's going on which they are all kind of crazy in the best way but um I thought it was really sweet when Nick puts his hand on um, or his ar- hand on Jess's shoulder to kind of just like look into her eyes and be like, what is happening? And she just does this slow look from his hand up to his face and freaks out again. But it's so sweet. It's well, it's really cute. And she's freaking out, which like, I mean, you know that she must like him a little bit like she's denying it. She's trying to say like, no, like these are my friends. And she has that whole conversation with Cece like, no, like that's not the case. And she's just, you know, in that moment, though, you can kind of tell like, could this be a thing? Does he like me? (laughs) And it's it's the first time we've seen any real indication that Jess looks like he she likes Nick because we've noticed like Nick is part of you know, this 
group of guys that like likes Jess in the sense of like he was the first one to go back for her on the um, first episode when she got stood up and he's just been there for her like so much he's I think he's the first one to put on a hat in the second episode and so it's it's for the first indication that Jess might feel something back and so she says really weird things like oh I don't use toilet paper and you're like wait how did that even relate right that line made me crack up I'm just like yes you you stick with that Jess you know and then she's like I didn't mean that and you're like no no you own that now <laughs> like and, and like, this is your lie to live like you don't use toilet paper I'm like and and even Cece I left I will say just real quick on Cece she comes back you know Nick is like where did you go like she had ran out of the car and he's like and you don't even use toilet paper and then Jess is saying to Cece like yeah I told him I didn't use toilet paper and her reaction was just like I'm gonna take that and I'm going to throw that away. Like she literally made a hand moment where she, or hand gesture where she's like, I'm not going to deal with that. Let's talk about this more. <laughs> like, let's talk about Nick. It was just really adorable. She's like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to go there. Like everyone knows that's a weird thing to say. Exactly. And like, speaking of just running out of the car, like she gets up and runs with the bags with her instead of just leaving them there. And also it's because Nick buys roses because she seems off. And it's like, okay, maybe you can, kind of justify buying flowers for a friend if you're like they've had a bad day but she hasn't had a bad day she's just you know being weird yeah being like an eighth grader again in middle school you know doing weird middle school like feelings and emotions like she doesn't know what to do and how to process them um but yeah so I mean and but though at the end of the at the end of the episode or towards the end of the episode you know they end up in there in the bathroom together everyone's in the bathroom these biggest moments happen in that bathroom and you know they're Jess is brushing her teeth and then you know Nick comes over and she's like offering him toothpaste and you know they're there brushing their teeth together which this was my own I'm like I was thinking you guys are really gonna get to know that I just relate all these like weird random teen soapy dramas to each other even though this is not about a teen and it's not that soapy but like like teen weird comedy things because TV to me, TV. well well or movies and stuff because to me I'm watching them brush their teeth together and the way that they filmed it and I'm just like mm, this is good old-fashioned bring it on like the movie, bring it on the cheerleading movie, bring it on because there's the scene in that in that movie where they're brushing their teeth together and it was so cute and they were trying to hide their spit and it was like such a flirty moment and it just brought back all these good memories of like, like I had this experience. Yeah, no, I'm kidding, right? Like this did never happen, but it's good, good movie memories of like brushing their teeth together and then Nick and Jess are like having a flirty moment brushing their teeth together and it was just and then, and then they you know they do face each other and their feet point and it's cute okay it's really cute so I will agree it's cute but the thing that took it away from me was he basically needs toothpaste and she puts toothpaste on his toothbrush and it is not a pea-sized amount they tell you to put a pea-sized amount of toothpaste on your toothbrush I can never get it to be that little but like I was very sad that they use so much and like I thought it was cute, but like also weird that she didn't just give him the toothpaste and she like put it on the toothbrush for him. But I guess a lot of their like flirting is kind of awkward. Like they even started off the morning kitchen with these like your mother jokes and Nick kind of rehashes that in the drugstore. So it's it's like a quirky flirting, but it's perfect for them. So I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm with you on the toothpaste. I don't, I would feel, I don't know. Does this make me like 
obsessive or control of in some way, probably, but I would never want someone to put toothpaste on my own, on my toothbrush, you know, like regardless of the amount of toothpaste, like I don't know what, how much toothpaste you like on your toothbrush. Like, I don't want to go and then assume that I know the toothpaste that you need and want. Like, what if that was so much toothpaste that he's been like brushing his teeth? Like, I hate this, but you're cute and I'm going to keep doing this. This is weird. Like, I'm sure that's what exactly what happened because it was not a pea-sized amount. And it was too much. And then they're trying to have that moment where they're talking and she's trying to say, sorry, I was weird, you know? And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, like we're, it's okay. You know? So yeah, it was, it was. I'm with you. But they also, like you said, like they have a weird relationship. And I think it might only get weirder. <laughs> they have weird toothpaste things, weird feet pointing things, weird rose running away things. We'll have to see what happens with them. Um, so aside from Jess and Nick, we also had Winston in this episode. Come on. Give it up for Winston. So Winston at the beginning of this episode sees Schmidt come out in his kimono, which we will get to, do not worry. But Schmidt comes out in his kimono and Winston's like, okay, if that if that's what we're doing here, if that's like what we're living with, he then is like, I'm taking my pants off. And he has these like snap off, rip off pants that he just rips off in that moment. And I'm just like, okay, Winston, we went there. That That just happened. Yeah, you don't really see that a lot, but it, it stood out to me too. I was like, oh, okay. But it didn't stand out as much to me as the like tissue paper towel thing that he, he just grabs tissue paper and sticks it all over its face. But the thing is, I mentioned a couple of times we're filming this during uh, or recording this during the pandemic and he takes a napkin. He's like, I'm going to put a napkin on my face. And immediately I thought he was going to wear it as a mask. And I was like, oh, okay, this was in 2011. This is not how people do it because he just sticks it on top of his head. And then every scene, you just see more and more napkins. And I'm like, what a waste. I thought the same. I was like, this is a little wasteful, but I at least like, that's where, that's where I was saying a little earlier. Like, I just loved seeing him in the scenes, in the background, like just head to toe covered in paper towels and napkins and like where did they even get all those napkins? I have no idea. They don't seem like the household that is prepared to have napkins and paper towels. But here they are, head to toe, full monster paper towel outfit. And I'm just like, oh, Winston. <laughs> like, what what, did, what was Schmidt even doing consistently to encourage you to continue to putting so many napkins and things on your head? It just, it was a little funny. I mean, who even knows? Um, we also see him, like, when he's the dancing scene that we discussed earlier, you just hear him, like, talking with this really deep voice for no reason pretending that that's his voice now yeah or like just pretending that it's or not he wasn't pretending it was impressive he thought it was impressive for cc to like try to get cc interested in him and it just was like i don't know the whole episode too he was trying to get cc to like look at him as well but you know she was she was promptly like saying you know you're both annoying i'm not interested in either of you but then i mean that said i think we all kind of know Cece's kind of interested in Schmidt. Schmidt is definitely interested in Cece. So that seems like that's becoming a thing. Yeah, I mean, I think Cece's a little bit more interested in having someone interested in her than truly being interested in Schmidt. But like we see him after he gives her his bed, like when she wakes up in the morning, he's hanging upside down, like working out and basically passes out, which when I was watching, yeah, which when I was watching, I couldn't tell if the first time he faked it just to get Cece to come over and be concerned. But then when it happened the second time, I was like, oh, okay, this is real. And so, like, we don't know how Schmidt got down from there. But when 
Cece needed to leave, he was like, just slide me like a curtain. It's fine. And she does. And it's, it was so weird to see him, her like push him out of the way to scoot by. And it really was sliding like a curtain. And you're just like, okay, that is an interesting interaction for the two to have. Also, how long was he hanging there? How long was he watching her sleep? How long was she asleep that she didn't hear him probably pretty aggressively trying to get into this like weird crunch thing that hangs you upside down? But he has it, right? That means he didn't like, he does, I'm assuming he doesn't just break it out like to impress women. So I like maybe like coach left it behind for him to be training. So I'm hoping he like, is used to it but who knows right like we all buy exercise things that we don't use all humans right or at least all americans here <laughs> it's a very american thing to do right and that's not the only thing that schmidt does to try and impress Cece. he takes a fake phone call which we'll really dig into with our schmidtism but winston's photo on schmidt's phone was just priceless to me i i broke out in actual laughter when i saw that he called schmidt and like you know, called his bluff, but also just like the photo of him just like looking mad at Schmidt. Yeah, exactly. but then and then also like going up to the roof, which like awesome roof by the way, right? Like that would be a cool place to hang out. However, Schmidt is scared of the bird cat, the cat that was raised by birds on the roof. <laughs> I can't even. I don't even know what to say to that. Like, I mean, I get it. I think cats can be scary at times, so I, I get it, and like, but it was just priceless to watch him be truly scared. Yeah, cats can definitely be scary. I don't know. This is definitely TikTok during this pandemic, during COVID 2020 has definitely blown up. And there's, there's one that it shows, you know, typically like a cat or an animal, but like your cat, and it's like, the chances of your cat killing you, like are slim. And then the music changes but are never zero and it like zooms in on the cat's face just like deadpan like really angry really scary looking and I'm like if that's the kind of cat that's up on this roof I could I could feel that and they do kind of show the cat at the end like sitting in a nest by the way like what I mean it's a bird cat like where else would this bird cat hang out raised by birds raised by birds knows how to build a nest with sticks from a rooftop because where does he get sticks where there's no trees it's the nest of the birds that raised him, I presume, but yes, but like, oh. <laughs> I love that Kelly <laughs> got there, but um, aside from that, Schmidt's also like working on a Saturday to like get Cece to think that he's like really cool and important and, you know, she's just sitting there reading a magazine. Yeah, and we're we're going to touch on that whole scene in a minute, but that was definitely pretty funny of him to just try to like flex by working on a Saturday. Like, check me out. I worked 80, like you mentioned the night before he worked 80 hours, but I don't think CC was there yet, but like he worked an 80 hour week. And then he's like, and I'm logging on on Saturday, check me out. And you're just like, I don't know that that's a pro for someone you want to be dating because like, I don't know, critique and I work a lot, probably more than we should. And we just definitely, I would not want to impress someone by telling them I work 80 plus hours a week. Like, I mean, it's impressive to have that much work ethic, but like he wasn't really doing anything on the Saturday. Like it wasn't actually working. So it was a whatever. pie graph, okay? It was a pie graph on his screen, and those are difficult to make, <laughs> especially in 2011. But we know Winston can save as save print 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 preview. Print preview. <laughs> that's that's very true. You're right. I forgot about Winston's skills. My bad. So from that, we're gonna kind of go into our not in 2020 section. And I think if you watch the 20 minutes that was the episode CC Crashes, 
you know, there were a few moments where, where both in 2011 and in 2020, we all said, hmm. So Schmidt had a bit of a doozy of an episode again. Uh, seems to be a theme, seems to be kind of his character. And one thing that was odd was his, as he said, kimono. Yeah. Not even in 2011, based on like looking at those guys' reactions to him wearing this kimono. Yeah. Not a thing. Not and all, well, not that, I mean, if you have a kimono, that's okay. You want to wear it, that's okay. But, you know, he was trying to say after work, after his 80-hour work week, that was so long, like, I like to come home, put on my mono, and relax. And you're just like, we don't call it mono. Nobody, nobody does that. But then, you know, Winston and Nick are both trying to get at Schmidt and be like, you know, take it off. Like, you know, you, you're just, like, naked. He goes, yeah, there's nothing on under here except, you know, just me and the sunshine or whatever. Like, I have my kimono on. And he's trying to be like, you're laughing in the face of thousands of years of samurai culture. But then he follows that up with, this was handcrafted in China. And I'm just like, Schmidt, Schmidt. Like, if you really want to, like, make a point for your kimono, at least get a legit kimono. <laughs> like, don't, I mean, these are Japanese. These are not Chinese. And, like, know what you're talking about. Right. And so, like, speaking to knowing what we're talking about this isn't either of our culture so we're definitely not experts on this but when we were looking this up kimono is actually originally the japanese word for clothing but now it's more of the traditional garment that like we know of as kimono but even though it wasn't our cultures we really did feel like it was a little odd for schmidt to be so passionate about it or just like the way they referenced it on the show and like so passionate without it's seeming a good meaning other than like, I want to relax, you know, like there was, could have been more, there could have been a really good reason for him to be passionate, but they didn't really give that to us or share. I don't know. It was a little bit of a not in 2020 moment. Right. And Schmidt's, like we said, a kind of a big part of our not in 2020, like everything he did with Cece, he was like trying to close her. And then um, really that scene in the bathroom where he like, he, he talks about her cleavage and how he wants to get his arm stuck down there 127 hours style. Yeah, I mean, I never saw, I mean, 127 hours is movie, right? I never saw the movie. But the whole point is that the guy, I mean, he gets his arm stuck in a boulder and has to literally cut off his own arm to free himself. And I'm like, what are you trying to say, Schmidt? What are you trying to say? Like, if you really get your arm stuck in that cleavage, you want to cut your arm off so that... I think I think it pretty much falls apart there. And that's where everyone is looking at him like, you're crazy. That's weird. You tried too hard on that one. Especially because like we only said part of it, but he goes on for a little bit longer. And I mean, we're not going to get into it, but it was just it was a lot. And that's not even the last thing Schmidt did. The next and last one we have for not in 2020 for Schmidt is his entire tirade into what he loves about India because basically he says that he's going to be brown like CC in a couple days after the sunburn that he's gotten. And um, I mentioned on an earlier podcast too, I'm Indian. So it's really funny to hear this. Um, I wouldn't, I don't take this too seriously, but I've definitely had like a friend from college's younger sister ask me if I was tan year round, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I didn't take this one too seriously, but it because I know it was written for comedy, but he just starts listing off all of these things. But only after she tells him she's her parents were born in India, because until then, he's like, ja, ja, 
Jafflinese, Saudibu, Manga? And I'm like, where did you even come up with these? Like, what did you mix? Because obviously Japanese is one of them, but like, what did you mix with it? Saudi Arabian, like, I think he was trying to go for Mongolian and just stopped and way off. Um, And she's just like, I'm born in India. Well, no, her parents were born in India. So like, yeah. But but yeah, it was I in this moment where like as soon as he said, you know, like in a couple of days I'll be brown like you, Cece. As soon as he said that, like my mouth was just like, what? Wait, what happened in 2011? What did you just say? <laughs> like even like I don't know. So I think it's definitely taking it way too far to say that Schmidt, who in this episode you see is very pale as well, has a very red sunburn, will become brown like Cece. So he's just trying way too hard it is not the appropriate thing to say you do not that that is like don't no just no not a thing <laughs> so i will say i think maybe on my face i have sunburned once in my life but otherwise kelly i'm just this tan year round you're so lucky one day i'll be brown <laughs> like you that's so weird. That's a weird thing to say. I feel awkward about it. Oh my gosh. Ew. I take it back. That's weird. Schmidt, you're weird. Schmidt's weird. So anyway. Well, okay. Because we have a not Schmidt, not in 2020 for our final point here. Yes. So as I was watching, I kind of, I don't know, the, this whole like classic Eduardo thing, you know, they flash back and it's Eduardo, you know, and he's trying to tell jess middle school jess that he likes her he gives her a heart that says jess on it and she's like oh this is for cc and he's like no you jess and he's like oh like for cc and he's like cc you you know like i i just didn't find it necessary to make the one potent like latin hispanic person in this episode or like the kid in this episode to not be able to speak english better than that like I didn't I don't know why he had like I mean their school she's speaking English fine they're in this school like here they are and it just seemed very very unlikely like even if he really I don't know it just seemed unnecessary I felt like they could have done the scene in the same way where Jess was still like oh this is for Cece right and he could have still responded with like no it's for you Jess I like you and she could have been like why would you like me don't you like Cece you know I feel like that would have conveyed the same thing without trying to make him have a some kind of like oh I don't speak English well and I thought that was weird I fully agree with you and I I believe they should have done a lot better but I will say that from a comedy perspective I didn't hear this until you just said it but there is something and I think what they were trying to get at which again I don't agree with but what I think they were trying to get at is the play on like Jess being yes but also C in Spanish being cc so like c which i didn't hear when i actually watched the episode but when you were just um speaking about it i kind of heard it i don't think it was necessary i think it was just a joke in the writer's room that didn't um age as well as it could have went too far i think this brings us back to schmidt with our schmidtisms so he had his funny moments he had his ups he had his downs he had his what the heck are you doing moments um, but we're going to have one more though. So Schmidt is up on the roof. Cece, Cece's on the roof as well. You know, she's trying to tan, I guess, but Cece, I mean, but Schmidt comes up and he's like, okay, I'm going to impress her. Like, I'm going to go out there. Like, cause I got to close, right. He was trying to prove to Winston that he could close and he's going out there and he gets on this 
fake phone call that Kritika is so willingly going to act out for us. Baby, baby, don't cry. Look, I get it. I was the best lover you ever had. Yeah, a 90-minute sesh is pretty standard for me. It was God what? Oh, it was God-like? Very sweet of you to say. And then his phone rings because Winston is calling him from in the door from the roof. And and his bluff has been called. Bluff has been called, but also like, Schmidt, you're trying so hard. Way too hard. Unbelievably hard. You're like, don't do it. What girl hears that and is like, yes, that is the person I want to be with right now. Let's go. Yeah. Like what, like, what was he expecting to happen? She would overhear this phone call and then he would just like, she would go, wow. That sounds impressive. Let's go downstairs. This is great. Let's go have a 90-minute sesh. I'm experienced. Oh, it's too much. But, you know, we do get another Schmidtism a little bit later on the roof as well. Um, after Cece has left Schmidt up there and he's been cornered by this bird cat, Jess goes up to talk to him. And uh, Kelly, please take us away with Jess. You're a good guy, you know? If you ignore everything you do on purpose and concentrate on all the things you do by accident, Thank you. She'd eat, eat you up. You really think she'd eat me up? Yeah. Like buffet style? You know, all you can eat? Because I got that prime rib, yo. Huh. Carving station. Plates are warm. Sneeze guard. Kids eat for free. I mean, except for the... Except for the last... Oh. And you just hear Schmidt <laughs> taking it back as, as he gets there because he knows he's gone too far. He, I mean, at least he has some some radar of like how far is too far. I will say, except for Schmidt's very very weird reaction about buffet style eating her up, like it's supposed to be cute. Jess was trying to be cute with you, and and you made it not cute. But I will say, Jess, at least I think really summed up Schmidt in a nutshell. You know, if you ignore what he does on purpose and look at what he does on accident, he's kind of a cute nice guy that tries you know like does some questionable things goes a little too far but he does it out of love he does it from yeah. his heart just like his full list of why he loves india which contains pop culture reference after pop culture reference but we're not gonna sit here and go through every single one so we actually decided to focus on a few from his um rant and another couple as well yeah, we really had to cut down the list a little, but as as Kritika was talking about with his his ramblings on why he loved India, um, he mentioned two different actors. Yeah, so um, the first up is Ben Kingsley. So he is somehow 76 years old, which like shocked me when I looked this up. But and so he's Brit he's a British actor, but he was his he was born as Krishna Pandit Bunji in nineteen forty-three. So he his mother is English, but his father is of Indian descent via Kenya. So he's not um he wasn't like born in India or anything like that. But over his five decades active, he's gotten a Grammy, two Golden Globes, won an award from the Screen Actors Guild, a BAFTA, and an Academy Award. Also, he was made a knight in 2002 for his services to the British film industry. I mean, this guy has done it all. Um, you probably know him best from, from Gandhi from the 1982 movie, but he was also in Schindler's List. And then the two that I had seen a lot of that he had been in was Prince of Persia and Iron Man 3. 
Ben Kingsley is a great actor. There's so many movies that he's been in that I haven't, I don't know off the top of my head what their names are, but like that I remember him from, but they're more like some of the indie films that he's done and just like, he's so versatile and what he can do. So the fact that he became a knight and he's now Sir Ben Kingsley, I think just says it all. It's crazy. And, you know, I think the other thing is like the other actor that, um, Schmidt mentions on his list is Naveen Andrews, who is also British. So it's all about the British of Indian descent. And um, he's been on shows like Lost. Um, he was on The English Patient. If you ever watched Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, he was Jafar. And he's on, um, or he was on the Netflix show Sense8. Uh, since then, he's also been on Instinct and in movies like Bride and Prejudice. But something that I saw on his um, Wikipedia page was that he also openly speaks about like alcoholism and how he was addicted to heroin for two years in the mid 90s. And I had no idea. I'm learning so much as we like research all these people for uh, guest stars and pop culture references. So much. Um, but another pop culture reference that we <laughs> we picked up on and definitely had to kind of look into was how Jess or, or Cece asked Jess, what remember who your perfect man is when trying to get her to think about like why she wouldn't like Nick and she's like yes it's Walter Matthau and grumpy old men where I would be the girl Jack Lemon, and I was like wait what you know so like Jess has this like old guy vibe crush thing she likes the old guy clothes I guess she mentions and um kind of right before starting this tonight critique and I watched the trailer for grumpy old men hmm so <laughs> it's interesting it's interesting. Maybe if this was kind of in your prime and you you watch this movie, you maybe have a soft spot for it, maybe like Jess. But uh, the trailer, if you, I mean, maybe we'll include it in our show notes. It's it's definitely you're just like watching it, like oh cute, these two old men, and then it gets a little funny because the description is a lifelong feud between two neighbors since childhood only gets worse when a new female neighbor moves across the street. So, bet you guys can imagine a lot of what Kelly and Kritika called not in 2020 from that movie, but we will not be watching. We are not uh, enticed by that little trailer that we watched to really explore it any more than that. So um, I will say that the old man attire is quite charming. That is exactly how Nick dresses. And I can kind of get why Jess would kind of find that cute, but I don't know why that would be her perfect band. But at least Cece's on her same page and understands that's what Jess likes because she had no qualms about it. And maybe if we had actually seen the movie, we'll have a different um, viewpoint into it. For now, those are just some of the references. We definitely had a lot more, but we'll be including those in our show notes so you can still go check them out. But we didn't want to put too much into this podcast here. So we didn't really find a lot of guest stars in this episode. So the only one we really found was the DJ who and I hope I pronounced this right, but Eden Galley. Um, we saw that he did a few episodes of General Hospital, and he was in Mad Men before New Girl. But he is in a couple movies coming up that are either in pre- or post-production. Um, there's a four movies that I think are coming out supposedly in 2020. We'll see how all of that works out. But we'll include that list in our show notes in case you guys are interested in that. Yeah, lot, definitely not a lot of guest stars this episode. So kind of kind of the same, some news and gossip related to this. You can also obviously see um, in this episode the actors who play Jess and Nick have some chemistry, um, but Zoe Deschanel, Jake Johnson were told to have as little physical contact as possible this season. So I guess that's something to look out for and like notice that they had this moments, they had these moments this episode, they had some chemistry, um, but we'll kind of have to see, you know, 
what happens as this as the season goes on. Uh, the writers too um, on some news had said that it was really hard to keep them apart because they thought they actually had too much chemistry together. So we'll kind of have to see how this looks in the rest of the season. Uh, we also just kind of wrapping up, giving our rating. So this episode had 6.84 million viewers. It is looking like it's going down a little bit every episode, but we're still, we still got lots of viewers. Obviously the show has, ran from 2011 to 2018 so it was successful enough um to keep going but the rating for this episode was a 7.8 out of 10 on imdb i gave it an 8 out of 10 while there were a lot of like hmm, moments questionable moments it all around like i thought it was a really good plot episode it was really funny had a lot of funny moments a lot of like emotive moments and i would give it 8 out of 10 how about you Pratika? That's funny because I actually gave it an 8 out of 10 as well. Um, like you said, there were some moments that I wasn't so sure about. We talked a lot in our Not in 2020 section about Schmidt. But overall, like the Jess and Nick storyline really is cute. And I like Jess and Cece's friendship. So that really raised it a lot. Like you said, it's a big plot episode. And I think I tend to like those more anyway. So it's probably a little higher because of that too. And that kind of leads me right into my favorite character, which for me this episode was Jess because I felt like she was just so sweet and, you know, it was it was just like cute to watch her kind of freak out about all this and be her quirky self and always staying true to herself, which I thought was very sweet. Um, who is your favorite character, Kelly? Yeah, well, I will answer you, but I will say first that I guess I do appreciate that Jess was very true to herself and didn't feel like we kind of finally don't hear anyone trying to say, don't be yourself, Jess. You know, she was being herself. Nick clearly kind of felt something, right, guys? Right? Someone. And um, so, yeah, that was, that was, I can appreciate that favorite character. However, my favorite character was Winston. Ooh, is that going to be not a, the fan's choice? But it's mine. It's my favorite, favorite character this episode. Winston was hilarious to me he kind of just like rolled with the punches he dressed up like a napkin monster person human and just kind of <laughs> stood there I loved it I don't know why I thought that was the funniest thing to me this episode I just I really just appreciate Winston's sense of humor and the way that his humor is developing so far and you know what is how he like can tease you know Schmidt and like work with Schmidt and like his friends kind of just seems to be everyone's friend and like you know I just I really like Winston. I think he's so great. So that's my take. That's my favorite character. <laughs> I think he had a lot of good jokes and comedy lines in here. Um, so I appreciate your favorite character too, Kelly, even if it wasn't a major A storyline character this episode. That's the best kind. Thank you. <laughs> so um, for everyone else, thank you so much for listening this far. If you are one of those people who do not want to hear any spoilers um, because you haven't watched the rest of the show or you just don't want to hear about future storylines, this is your chance to kind of break away from our podcast. Kelly and I want to say thank you for listening to us thus far, whether this is your first episode of Who's That Girl or you've been listening for the past couple of weeks now. Um, we'd really love to hear your feedback. So give us a rating or leave comments in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this now um, to reach us directly you can also send us an email at who's that girl pod at gmail.com or follow us and interact with us on socials like twitter and instagram at who's that girl pod we really hope you'll stick around with us and see you back on episode six next week thanks guys and you have five seconds to get out before the spoilers start Spoilers, or as Kritika likes to call, end game couples.
which I guess is most of our spoilers in this section. <laughs> so uh, our first couple that we like to follow and we're tracking is Jess and Nick, of course. They had so many moments in this episode, so many things that you're just like, this is the early days. Jess and Nick, early days. In the game, early days. I love it. So they had the bathroom scene. Um, brushing their teeth they had the scene in the car where she was freaking out she's like I need air and she runs away from him she can't handle her feelings because he's bought her roses like not just because she needs to get out it's because he gives her two roses and he felt like in that like you know you know that like if Nick felt like she was a friend like just a friend purely and could be nothing more he wouldn't have done that they would have just been like no it's fine you know like and be like hey Jess what's wrong you seem to be freaking out but like he cared he was like, I'm going to buy the pretty girl roses. Like, let's do this. Yeah. And like, like you said, he would have just been like trying to get back to the conversation instead of like trying to distract her with roses. But also like after all of this, him like spending an hour looking for her, that was really sweet. And you don't do that for someone who you would do that for friends, but I don't think you would do that for just anyone. Yeah. And clearly in 2011, I would think someone would have at least a cell phone, but it still was like the flip phone days as we were kind of seeing in some of the other episodes. So so I think they do have they do have smartphones, but I don't think they have them yet in the show. Like, I think it is season one, but I don't think it's like I mean, we haven't seen what kind of phone um, Jess has, but I'm sure she does have a phone. So this episode was fun. Jess and Nick are going to become a thing. We all know that. But in this episode was like. Step one, square one, it's happening. Together, we would rank them a nine out of 10 that they're going to get together very soon. I think we all know it maybe doesn't happen in this first season the way we kind of expect it to, but from this episode, you would think that they're going to really get together. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And finally, for the first time, our other couple, Schmidt and Cece, look like they have a chance of getting together. I mean, Cece does spend most of the episode kind of rebuking um, Schmidt's advances, but at the end, when they're in bed together, they hold hands, and it's so sweet. So we actually gave this a 6 out of 10 for their likelihood to be together based on this episode, just because we know TV tropes are always, like, teasing these couples for a reason. So we we feel good about them after this episode. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so then... Let's ignore everything that Schmidt does on purpose, as Jess said in the episode, and concentrate on the things he does by accident. And so for our douchebag tracker uh, rating of this episode, he's been, he's okay, you know? Yeah, especially everything at the end with Cece when he's actually being honest with her. Yeah, so I, I mean, we definitely reviewed a lot on Schmidt this episode, a lot happened, but he at least is having moments of self-reflection and he's at least accidentally doing sweet things that are not douchey, but on purpose, he is still doing some douchey things. So this episode, we're giving him a ranking of five out of 10, really just kind of saying he's halfway to becoming a genuine guy, but also still halfway <laughs> kind of douchey. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our fifth episode of Who's That Girl? Critique and I want to say thank you again for listening to the episode. Uh, we'd also love to hear your feedback. So please give us ratings or leave comments, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this now. You can also send us an email at whosthatgirlpod at gmail.com or on our Twitter and Instagram at whosthatgirlpod. We hope to see you back next week for the next episode. <laughs>